What's up? It's Friday already. If you are offended by tank tops and breasts, this live might not be for you. For whatever reason, so many people are very triggered by the fact that I always wear tank tops. But if you want to learn about an abundance mindset, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be reading from Joseph Murphy, How to Attract Money. I know that the discussion of abundance also triggers people, which I don't get. Because poverty is not virtuous, and we will talk all about this. Anybody that's joining, hi. Don't be offended by my tank tops. What's up? Nurse Philly in the house. I have to come and see you very soon. So we're talking about abundance mindset, how to attract money from Joseph Murphy. But before we get into that, um, some of you might have seen my post from last night. I don't know this guy's name. People are asking, like, what's this guy's name? I don't know. But he's talking about the shift into new earth and all this stuff, right? So for whatever reason, I already know the reason. There are many people in the comment section that are very triggered because he has a very high-end car that I'm assuming is his behind him in the video. So people are saying, like, oh, I would take him so much more seriously if he wasn't driving a McLaren or... I don't think it's a Lamborghini. I don't know what it is. I don't, it might be a McLaren. I don't know. That just shows me. You can literally learn or know someone's mindset and where their relationship is to money within five minutes of speaking to someone. When you ask somebody just a general question like, oh, how are you? Oh, uh, you know, like I'm at my job. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get another job. I'm just not making enough money. You already have an idea of where people's mindset is with their abundance, what they believe and their belief system is about money and abundance, right? So there are several comments that I've read. Um, would have taken it more seriously if you didn't have to include the McLaren in the video. Are some people show off? Sure. But do we judge their message because they have nice things? That just shows where your mindset and mentality is in relationship to money and a wealth mindset or a poverty mindset or a victim mentality, right? <clears throat> so when when I see comments like this, when people are not listening to the message and they're worried about the type of car somebody drives or something materialistic, right there it tells you what someone's relationship to money is. Why does it bother you that someone has nice things or wants nice things? An all-loving God does not want us to live in poverty, does not want us to always want for things and feel that we can't have the things that we want, right? If he did same video with a shitty car, people wouldn't have commented like that. It's a shame the message was good. And I totally agree with that as well. It doesn't matter. Like people, there's a lot of people that will judge me based on my appearance on my videos. I look the way that I look. I'm not going to apologize for it. I dress the way that I dress. I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't have a modest bone in my body. It's just who I am. Whatever my messaging is, that's where my mindset is, just like this guy. Wherever his mindset is, listen to the message. And someone else said, as I close my $1 million car door, why does that bother you? Sure, someone else said, sure, he could have a nice life. He has a million-dollar car or he has a really expensive car. Do you think that car just fell out of the sky and into his lap? Or do you think, and some people have a wealthy family and they're handed these things. But there's other people that have worked their ass off to have what they have. So why are you begrudging them? Why do you have that envy in you to say, yeah, sure, as I close my million-dollar car door? 
Yeah, sure. If I had that car, I'd be happy too. Material things do not equal happiness. Abundance just gives us opportunity to live a grander life. Grander doesn't mean material. Grander can mean traveling to see things and learn things about the world. Wealth looks different to every one of us. Wealth does not have the same definition to all of us. And I talk about this all the time, but it was just funny that that's the message that there are several people that got from watching someone talk about the new earth and shifting and things like that, whether you are a believer in that or not, whether you feel energies or you don't, doesn't matter. It's the fact that your attention went to something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Why does it make you feel, and that's the question to ask yourself, why does it make you feel uncomfortable when people have a ton of wealth? That is the money mindset right there. So the second part of the book on how to attract money by Joseph Murphy is called Road to Riches. Hi, anybody that's just joining with us. We're talking about the abundance mindset. The road to riches. Riches are of the mind. Let us suppose for a moment that a physician's diploma was stolen together with his office equipment. I'm sure you would agree that his wealth was in his mind. He could still carry on diagnosed disease, prescribe, operate, and lecture. Only his symbols were stolen. He could always get additional supplies. His riches were in his mental capacity, knowledge to help others, and his ability to contribute to humanity in general. You will always be wealthy when you have an intense desire to contribute to the good of mankind. That's something that's in your mind. That's something that is always in your mind. That is wealth right there is the ability to help other people with your knowledge, with the ideas that you've acquired. When your heart is in the right place, that is wealth in itself. Your urge for service. Yes. Okay. <laughs> for example, to give your talents to the world, you will always find a response in the heart of the universe. Easy to follow. I need, I met a man in New York during the financial crisis of 1929 who lost everything he had, including his home and all his life savings. I met him after a lecture, which I had given at one of the hotels in the city. This is what he said. I lost everything. I made a million dollars in four years. This is in 1929. I will make it again. All I have lost is a symbol. I can attract the symbol of wealth in the same way as honey attracts flies. Now, when you look at money in that way, what do we talk about your thoughts create? So if you're looking at wealth in that way, I made this amount once before. I can make it again. When you have that, just that belief. Hi, everyone. When you just have that belief within yourself, that is what attracts you to unlocking all the keys to the universe, all, all the desires that you might have, is just a simple belief in it. We've been taught our entire lives to believe that bad things always happen. But what about when we're taught to believe that good things always happen to me? Good things happen to me every single day. What if we had four minute mile? Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, thank you. What if we had the mindset where we just believe that all these good things are happening to me? That we don't even have to worry about anything else. We're just like, Good things happen to me every day. Every day I wake up blessed with miracles. 
instead of waking up like, oh, I have to go to work today and I hate this job and my body hurts and complaining every single day, what if we woke up with the opposite of that? What would your life look like? Could you take the next seven days, every single day, we're going into these challenges, do a challenge for seven days. Can you wake up every day and say something great is going to happen to me? That's it. That's the seven day challenge. Waking up every single day. Joe. Waking up every single day and saying something amazing is going to happen to me today. I'm so grateful for that. Greetings from Paris. Is that where you are? I'm so grateful for that. Every day something great happens to me. Can you do that and see what shifts take place over the next seven days until next Friday? I'm glad that makes you happy. <laughs> so he, he was talking about this doctor that lost everything. I made a million dollars. I can make it again. It's only a symbol, right? Money is only a symbol. Grand rising fam. I followed the career of this man for several years to discover the key to his success. Something great and amazing. Thanks, Cactus. I will forget that by the end of this live. I'm going to pin that comment because I'll definitely forget this. Shit, did I pin it or not? Sometimes it says that I pinned it. Okay, there we go. Um, Madison, Wisconsin in the house. Today is going to be a good day. Jen, I just got your text. Thank you for telling me that because I wouldn't have known. So, Jen, our challenge is seven, something great and amazing is is going to happen to me today. That's for the next seven days. Every day that you wake up, something great or amazing is going to happen to me today. Because I expect miracles every day. Okay, so he followed the career of this doctor for several years to discover the key to his success. The key may seem strange to you, yet it's a very old one. The name he gave the key was, this might trigger some people because we're going to start talking Bible stuff. Change water into wine. Change water into wine. He read this passage in the Bible and he knew it was the answer to perfect health, happiness, peace of mind, and prosperity. Okay, here we go. Wine in the Bible always means the realization of your desires, urges, plans, dreams, propositions, etc. In other words, it is the things that you wish to accomplish, achieve, and bring forth. That is what the wine is. Water in the Bible usually refers to your mind and consciousness. Water takes the shape of any vessel into which it is poured. Likewise, whatever you feel and believe as true will become manifest in your world. So the water turns into the wine. The water, which is your consciousness and your thoughts, turns into wine in your three-dimensional realities. When Jesus talked about turning water into wine, he was having only belief, only faith, in the things that he thought of to turn them into wine in the three-dimensional reality. Right? So, thus you are always changing water into wine. The Bible was written by illumined men. It teaches practical, everyday psychology and a way of life. One of the cardinal tenets of the Bible is that you determine, mold, fashion, and shape your own destiny through right thought, feeling, and beliefs. Through thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. It teaches you that you can solve any problem, overcome any situation, and that you are born to succeed, to win, and to triumph. Most people don't walk around with a mentality like that. For example, the people that were commenting on my post last night, worrying about the type of car that the guy was driving. For whatever reason, it wasn't his message that was triggering to people. <laughs> 
it was triggering that he had a really nice expensive car behind him. So it's all about the right thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. And if you teach yourself that you can overcome any problem situation that you were born to succeed to win and to triumph, that's where your mindset will be. So that's where your reality will, will be. But if you're focusing on this guy has more than me and that triggers me, that's coming from a state of lack. That's coming from a victim mentality that, sure, this guy's happy. He's got this really nice car. Do you really think that, that type, having that type of car is what makes somebody happy? Do we think that just having like a huge mansion makes somebody happy? Happiness comes from within. I know people that have a huge problem with buying grand, expensive, nonsensical things every day. And it has not changed their level of happiness. So it all comes back to the mindset that you have. The mindset that you have around love and relationships. The mindset that you have around financial security, the relationship you have around with your self-worth and what you're worthy of. When people make comments about cars and things like that, that tells me you don't have a high level of self-worth, that you don't believe that you should have these type of things. So why should somebody else? That is a victim mentality. Okay. In order to discover the road to riches and receive the strength and security necessary to advance in life, you must cease viewing the Bible in the traditional way. This might also trigger some people. The above man who was in a financial crisis used to say to himself frequently during the days when he was without funds, I can change water into wine. I can change water into wine. Chasing the dopamine, I prefer hugs and smiles. So a 10-year supply of X39 should bring happiness. It'll definitely bring me happiness. If I know that I'm reversing my age, that will bring me happiness. That's a good example. Good point. We don't use going to be in gratitude. Where is this? Okay, my sister. We don't use going to be in gratitude. Sorry. We don't use going to be in gratitude. That it already happened. I am so happy and grateful that. Hey, that's Bob Proctor. I know that. Always use present tense. Thank you, Jen. Maybe someday Jen will come on our lives and join us and give us some of her secrets. I don't know. I always tell her. She just doesn't do it. Okay. So he could say, he said, I can change water into wine. These words meant to him, I can exchange the poverty ideas in my mind for the realization of my present desires or needs, which are wealth and financial supply. Water into wine. I can go from a state of Oh my God, I lost all this money. How am I going to ever do this again? My business is, how am I ever going to get my business to this scale again? I don't think I can do it. This was so hard. When we look at things as hard or challenging, that's the only thing that they can be as hard or challenging. But if you're like, this is easy. I made, I made this amount of money once. I could do it again instantly. We get to choose how our reality shows up for us. His mental attitude, which is the water, was once I made a fortune, honestly, I will make it again. Wine. Turning water into wine. His idea. His business was once an idea. So that was water, right? That was the symbol of water. It was shapeless. And then he turned it into wine by his belief and his faith in it. To bring it into wine. To change its form. So from water to something else of a different form. Your consciousness believes. You submerge your subconscious with your belief system. 
you impression your subconscious. The universe then conspires, God conspires, to then bring it into your three-dimensional world, which turns it into wine. Water to wine. I will make it again. His regular affirmation consisted of, I attracted the symbol of money once. I'm attracting, I am attracting it again. I know this and feel it to be true. The wine. So from water to wine. This man work, went to work as a salesman for a chemical organization. Ideas for the better promotion of their products came to him. He passed them on to his organization. It was not long until he became vice president. Within four years, the company made him president. His constant mental attitude was, I can change water into wine. Do you believe you can change water into wine? Which is your consciousness to then changing something into your three-dimensional reality into wine. Or do you are, are, or are you a victim of your reality? That's the only question you need to answer. Am I a victim of my reality? Or am I winning at life because I know that I can get whatever that I want? Because I know that the way that this system works. For many people, it's too easy of an idea. Like, sure, I'm just going to think and believe in something that's going to happen. We manifest every single minute of the day. Whether it's good or bad, your consciousness doesn't give a shit. It doesn't care if you constantly are thinking bad things all the time, bad things all the time. You attract... <laughs> you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. So if what you are in your mind is, I can never have that. That's too hard for me. Oh, that's really cool, but I don't think I could ever afford that. You're attracting what you already are in your three-dimensional reality. Not what you want. Wanting comes from a state of lack. Wanting comes from lack. Having within yourself already, like fake it till you make it kind of thing, is how you bring it into your three-dimensional reality. I can make the invisible ideas, urges, dreams, and, desire, and desires of mine visible because I have discovered a simple universal law of mind. The law he demonstrated is the law of action and reaction. It means your external world, body, circumstances, environment, and financial status are always, just what I said, a perfect reflection of your inner thinking, beliefs, feelings, and convictions. The law of reaction and action and reaction. Let's say this again. It means your external world, your body, your health, your circumstances, your environment, your financial status, they're always a perfect reflection of your inner thoughts. Your beliefs, your feelings, your convictions. If you're convinced your partner is cheating on you, I and you have no proof. I know that he's cheating on me. I, I know that she's she's texting some other guy. I know this. You can only attract it into your reality based on your beliefs. That's all that you can do. In the same way that someone close to us was like, I know that they're going to lay me off. I know that I'm going to lose my job. I just know it. I just feel it. I just feel it. Feeling is the secret. When you feel these things, you are making it real. You are believing it real, even though it's not in your three-dimensional reality. Soon after that, because of how much you believe that that's going to happen, that shit is following you right into your 3D, and it's just like, oh, we're sorry, but we no longer need you in our company. It's all about beliefs and how convicted you are within that belief that makes something happen in your three-dimensional reality. Okay, this being true, you can now change your inner pattern of thought by dwelling on the idea of success, wealth, peace of mind, health, whatever it is, love, right? 
As you busy your mind with these latter concepts, these ideas will gradually seep into your mentality like seeds planted in the ground. And we talk about planting the seed. You plant the seed, you bury it with dirt, you water it, and eventually it grows. But when you're coming from a state of lack and you're like, I buried this seed, now I'm going to stare at this plant all day until I see a little tiny weed pop up. When you do that with your desire, your manifestation, your prayer, as some, some people call it, that's coming from lack. It's I don't have this. I don't have, I don't embody the feeling of having this. So I have to continue to check and see where it is. And when you continue to check and see where it is, you're only coming from a state of lack. So if you attract what you are, not what you want, what you are is insecure. What you are is in a state of lack. What you are is in the state of not having what I want. You can only attract that. Attract like, attract like, attracts like. You can only then attract more lack. You can't attract getting the thing that you want by feeling lack of having it. You just It just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. As all seeds, thoughts and ideas, grow after their kind, so will your habitual thinking and feeling manifest in prosperity, success, and peace of mind. Wise thought is followed by right action. So wise thought is action followed by right, followed by right action, reaction. Okay, I don't know what the hell that's saying, so I'm not even going to get into that. We're just going to skip that part. That's too much wording for me to really um, pick apart right now. You can acquire riches when you become aware of the fact that prayer is a marriage feast. The feast is a psychological one. You meditate, mentally eat on your good or your desire until you become one with it. You mentally eat. Meditate on your desire until you become one with it, until it becomes a natural state. Every time I anticipated it messes up on what I'm manifesting. Anyone know what she's reading from? I'm reading from How to Attract Money by Joseph Murphy. If like attracts like, how do opposites attract? Okay. Okay, so let's think about this for a second. If like attracts like, how do opposites attract? There are some people, well not some, all people are a reflection of the things we possess within ourselves, whether we know it or we don't. So for example, let's think about this. Well that, no. I don't know how much I believe in that, about opposites attracting. There are some times that we're attracted to things that are different from us because we wish to possess them, right? So that's a form of manifestation in itself. When we're attracted to, say, another person, that's very opposite of what we are. Most of the time is we admire that other opposite or opposing um, character trait in them because we wish to possess that. Like, oh my God, I love this about that person. Why do you love it about that person? Because you don't possess it within yourself. So in a way, that's a form of manifestation because we want to attract the things that we desire to be. And when we attract a partner, I'll say, because that's mostly what it really focuses on is when we say opposites attract, is attracting a certain type of partner. It's because we love that character trait within them because we don't possess that. So again, I, I feel like that is a form of manifestation because that's, that is what manifestation is. It's desiring or feeling 
the thing that we don't have to make it real, right? Feeling the thing that we don't have within us to, and making it real. So when we attract a person that has a quality that we don't possess, it's inspiring to us. So if we're looking at something that we don't have and we're trying to manifest it, why do we want it? There's something about it that is inspiring to us, that we are drawn to that. Grand rising, fam. Okay. I'll now cite a case history from my files relating how a young girl performed her first miracle in transforming water into wine. She operated a very beautiful hair salon. Her mother became ill and she had to devote considerable time at home neglecting her business. Hey, goat. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, where is it? Okay. So during her absence, two of her assistants embezzled funds. She was forced into bankruptcy, losing her home and finding herself deeply in debt. She was unable to pay hospital bills for her mother and she was now unemployed. I explained to this woman the magic formula of changing water into wine. Again, we made it clear to her that wine means answered prayer or the objectification of her ideal, whatever her ideal was. She was quarreling with the outside world. She said, look at the facts. I've lost everything. It is a cruel world. I can't pay my bills. I do not pray for I have lost hope. Now that whole statement, if you heard that from somebody that's just having a complete victim mentality, how could I ever have this again? The world is a horrible place. Negative things always happen to me. I'm always experiencing bad things. She was so absorbed and engrossed in the material world that she was completely oblivious to the internal cause of her situation. As we talked, she began to understand that she had to resolve the quarrel in her mind. No matter what you desire or ideal is as you read this book, you will find some thought or idea in your mind opposed to it. For example, your desire may be for health. Perhaps there are several thoughts such as these in your mind simultaneously. I can't be healed. I tried. It's no use. It's getting worse. I don't know enough about spiritual mind healing. As you study yourself, don't you have a tug of war in your mind like this girl you have find in your environment external affairs challenging your desires of expression, wealth, and peace of mind? And that's the biggest thing is that when you have these discussions, there are many people in the world that can't even fathom that we can change or shift our reality by just thinking differently. Because most people will say, but in my three-dimensional world, I have no money in my bank account. In my three-dimensional world, I am not with in a beautiful relationship or this person cheated, cheated on me or I don't have kids and I want children or I want to have this beautiful garden and I don't have it. So how can I, how can I in my mind think positively when in my world it's so negative because in your world inside it has been negative you have given yourself these negative experiences in your mind over and over again so the only thing that you can have in your reality is the negative things but once you start to shift the mindset your external world will begin to change and reflect that true prayer is a mental marriage feast and it teaches us all how to resolve the mental conflict in prayer, you write what you believe in your own mind. Write what you believe in your mind. Emerson said, a man is what he thinks all day long. And a lot of people write this off as new age and all these other things. And these are just people that have never done the work, have never put in the time to actually understand the Bible. I haven't read the Bible, so I'm not saying that I've read the Bible. But when I have started to read books like this that explain the passages of the Bible, and the reason why I really never read the Bible is like, I don't understand what's going on. 
I don't know. I don't know what all this is that's happening. There's a lot of words happening here, but I don't know what they mean. So I never read it. But when there's books like this that really break it down into consciousness and the turning the water into wine type things and all those things, I understand it so much better and I have a greater love, understanding, and respect for it. Not because I didn't before, but I just didn't understand it. When you don't understand something, a lot of times you just push it to the side. And the same thing with the mentality here that, that these teachings bring to us is explaining the Bible in a very different way than a literal sense. A man is what he thinks all day long. By your habitual thinking, you make your own mental laws of belief. You make, we make our own mental laws of belief. And through that, we experience our world through our own beliefs. Because I believe one thing and someone believes something else. And we're experiencing maybe the same exact, I'm looking out the window and I have someone sitting next to me. We have two different beliefs. We're in the same world together, but we're having a very different experience of reality because of our belief system. By repeating a certain train of thought, you establish definite opinions and beliefs in the deeper mind called the subconscious. Then such mental acceptances, beliefs, and opinions direct and control all the outer actions. To understand this and begin to apply it in the first step, is the first step is changing water into wine. Changing lack and limitation in your mind into abundance and opulence. Water into wine, going from a lack mentality to an abundance mentality. The man who is unaware of his own inner spiritual powers is therefore subject to race beliefs, lack, and limitations. Open your Bible now and perform your first miracle. As this beauty operator did, you can do it. If you merely read the Bible as a historical event, you will miss the spiritual, mental, scientific view of the laws of mind with which we are concerned in this book. Let's see what time is. Okay. Let us take this passage. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Galilee means your mind or consciousness. Cana means your desire. This is it really interesting. <clears throat> Hang on, I need some water. The marriage. Okay, let's read this again. And the third day there was a marriage in the Cana of Galilee of Galilee. The mother of Je and the mother of Jesus was there. Galilee means your mind or consciousness. Cana means your desire. So the marriage of desire of consciousness. Okay. The marriage is purely mental or the subjective embodiment of your desire. This whole beautiful drama of prayer is a psychological one in which all the characters are mental states, feelings, and ideas within you. I'm reading from... How to Attract Money by Joseph Murphy. Again, let's read that. This whole beautiful drama of prayer is a psychological one in which the characters are mental states, feelings, and ideas within you. One of the meanings of Jesus is illumined, is illumined reason. The mother of Jesus means the feelings, moods, or emotions which possess us. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Your disciples are your inner powers and faculties enabling you to realize your desires. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, they have no wine. Wine, as we have stated, represents the answered prayer or the manifestation of your desires and ideals in life. You can now see this as an everyday drama taking place in your own life. 
When you wish to accomplish something as this girl did, namely finding work, supply, and a way out of your problem, suggestions of lack come to you, such as there's no hope, all is lost, I can't accomplish it, I can't accomplish this, it's hopeless. This is the voice from the outside world saying to you that you have no wine. Look at the facts. This is your feeling of lack, limitation, or bondage speaking to you. So if you are always going by your outside reality, you're always going to come from that space of lack because it's showing you that you don't have it. But when you finally do start to manifest the things that you want and desire, that is turning the water into wine. And then you can see I am living, I am living proof that my outside world is living proof of my beliefs. When you do make that shift and you start to see things shift, you're like, wow, my mind is that powerful. My mind is projecting my reality based on the things that I think and, and always dwell on. These bracelets are driving me nuts today. I don't know why. I think they're a little too tight. Um, okay. How do we meet the challenge of circumstances and conditions? By now you're getting acquainted with the laws of the mind, which are as followed. As I think and feel inside, so is my outside world. I'm going to read that again. As I think and feel on the inside, in my mind, in my consciousness, as I think and feel on the inside, every single minute of the day, what I am thinking on the inside, so is my outside world. If you tell me that's not true, that tells me you've never done this type of work. Because you can't deny it. Which lives on Mondays? I have Monday at 9.30 a.m. and then Wednesday night at 9 p.m. And then Fridays at 9.30 a.m. Okay. Um, your internal mental movements and imagery govern, control, and direct the external plan in your life. Let's read that again. That's pretty important too. Your internal mental movements and imagery, whatever you're thinking in your mind, whatever you're dwelling on in your mind, whatever you're daydreaming about in your mind, whatever visualizations you have in your mind, why does this person treat me like this? I'll never have that house that I want to go to. Oh, I would love to go on vacation, but I can't afford it right now. Oh, I would love to come out with you, but I just don't have the money. Your internal mental movements and imagery govern, control, and, the, and direct the external planes of your life. Whatever you think about all day, you become. That's why some, what does it say? Show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are, Right? Because the people that you spend the most time with are the people that you share your ideas with or lack of ideas or limitations, right? It's the same thing. The Bible says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart is a word meaning the subconscious mind. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As we think in our mind, that is exactly what we become. As he thinketh in his heart, as he thinketh in his heart, when you think about, oh my God, it's coming from my heart. That's your true beliefs. Like, oh my God, I believe this so deeply, right? When people say, oh, I believe in this so much. Like we always put our hand to our heart. We don't say, oh, I believe in this so deeply and go to our head, right? So what I'm saying is when we have that complete faith in something, we already know that it is. Oh my God, he loves me so much, right? There's not a question about whether or not this person loves you. When you feel it deep within your soul, 
It's a conviction. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when you have these deep feelings in your heart of something, which is really the subconscious, right? That's what your world becomes. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, your thought must reach subjective levels by engaging the power of your subliminal self. Thought and feeling are your destiny. Neville Goddard always says, feeling is the secret. Feeling is the secret. Feeling what it is that you want to have, but not want, because if we are wanting, then we're coming from lack. But feeling that feeling, that you do have it. Feeling is the secret. Feeling is the secret to manifesting the life that you want or don't want. If you feel so deeply within you, I can never have that. I can never have that relationship. Feeling is the secret. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Good or bad. If you think it and you feel it deeply, then so it is. Thought and feeling are your destiny. Thought charged with feeling and interest is always subjectified and becomes manifest in your world. Let's say that again. Thought and feeling are our destiny. Thought charged with feeling and interest is always subjectified and becomes manifest into our world. Prayer is a marriage of thought and feeling or your idea and emotion. This is what the marriage feast relates. Any idea or desire of the mind felt as true, to come, felt as true comes to pass, whether it is good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. Our subconscious doesn't care. Feel the gratitude before you have it. Yes, Ben. When the suggestion of lack, fear, doubt, or despair come to your mind, immediately reject it mentally by focusing your attention on the answered prayer or the fulfillment of your desire or the state of the wish fulfilled. Someone texted me the other day about some scenario that they were in and said, I can't stop thinking negative about this. Like I found this and I Googled this and, and I saw that it had this meaning. And I said, you're only giving meaning to something like you're giving meaning to it, which means that that is how it manifests and shows up in your reality. If you don't give meaning to something and you give it the meaning that you want it to have, that is how it's going to show up. But if you're looking at a situation and saying, this sucks and this is horrible and why did this happen to me? You're a victim of that circumstance. But if you look at it and say, I remember I was thinking about that all day. I was thinking about something bad's going to happen or I was thinking that can't happen for me, realizing that you created it and realize that you can recreate any scenario or situation that happens to you. Um, okay, so let's just do one more part of this. The statement given in the Bible from John 2, mine hour is not yet come. And woman, what have I to do with thee? Are figurative, idiomatic, and oriental expressions. As we paraphrase this quotation, woman means the negative feeling that you indulge in. These negative suggestions have no power or reality because there is nothing to back them up. A suggestion of lack has no power. The power is resident in your own thought and feeling. A suggestion of lack has no power. Right? It has no power until you give it power. It's literally just what I was saying. Until you give something meaning, then it has power. But if you don't give it meaning, then you're just like, oh, that sucks, but you know what? Something better is going to happen to me. 
Just like we said, something great and amazing happens to me every day. That's our challenge for the week. Anybody that's just joining, for the next seven, day wake, seven days, wake up every single day. Something great and amazing is going to happen to me today. For seven days. Write down the good things that happen. Even if someone buys you a cup of coffee or somebody says, oh my God, you look so nice today. Because that can change the trajectory of our day. We're having a really shitty day and then we run across somebody that's like, you look amazing today. That literally changes the complete trajectory of your day. So a suggestion of lack has no power unless you give it to it, unless you give power and meaning to it. Even with relationships, and it's really hard for people to separate this, but if a person says, I never want to talk to you ever again, they block you or whatever, right? And I'm laughing because so many people have done this um, or had this done to them. If you give no power over that, it becomes meaningless, right? Because people can change their thoughts in a minute. People can change their thought in a day. People can say, I hate you. I hope the worst things happen to you. I never want to talk to you again. And if you allow that to dwell within yourself, you're going to continue to create that space and that energy and that negative energy. But if you say, this person loves me, they'll be back. It's okay. They'll be back. I guarantee you with everything that I have, that person will be back. That person will be back. Because why? Things can change in an instant, right? But that feeling of lack or that feeling of pain can only feel lack or pain if you give it that power over it. But if you say, that's all right, he'll be back. She'll be back. She'll get over it. He'll get over it. I'm just going to send them love. Instead of dwelling like this person, he's never going to talk to me. She, she's going to do this and she's going to find somebody else or, or he's going to be with another person. You give everything meaning. We give everything meaning. We give, we give weight to a thought or idea or, or a reality that we're experiencing. We give it the weight. If we say, oh, they bought that house that I wanted, it's all right, I'm going to find something better. Whatever we give meaning to things is what things become, right? I don't want her back. <laughs> you can manifest that too. I, You can manifest like, thank you for the universe for showing me that this is not the right person for me. Thank you for bringing me the right, perfect person for me. We can go that route too. If we really don't want this person back. But a lot of times when these unfortunate situations happen, it's something that we created ourselves. So it's something that you can recreate yourself. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be with you. I don't see you like that. And then a week later, you know what? I'm actually like, I'm in love with you. Listen, I've seen it happen. I've had it happen. And it's all according to my own thoughts within my head. We create our reality through thought. A suggestion of lack has no power until you give that suggested lack power or that unfortunate circumstance power. Nothing has power over you unless you give it the power, unless you allow it to be your anchor. How A thought is, is literally nothing. It's nothing. Unless you attach weight to it and it pulls you all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. But if you don't allow a thought to have weight attached to it, then it's just something that's passing. Oh, she's mad at me and she said she hates me. All right, she'll be back. It's really that easy. 
No, Joe, Joe is one of my unruly students in here. What does God mean to you? Okay, after that, we're going to be done because it's almost an hour. What does God mean to you? God is the name given to the one spiritual power. God is the one invisible source from which all things flow. When your thoughts, hey, when your thoughts are constructive and constructive and harmonious, the spiritual power, power being God, responsive to your thought flows as harmony, health, and abundance. Right? Practice the wonderful discipline of completely rejecting every thought of lack by immediately recognizing the availability of the spiritual power and its response to your constructive thoughts and imagery. Then you will be practicing the truth found in these words. Woman, what have I to do with thee? I have to read these things several times because I still don't understand them. So after I read them several times, it sinks into my subconscious and my subconscious is like, yes, this is why this and this and this, this is what this means in the Bible. Because it's not easy to understand when you have someone break it down like this. It's different. One more thing. We read mine hour is not yet come. This means that while you have not reached a conviction or positive state of mind, you know you are on the way mentally. So he's saying, mine hour, what is mine, has not yet come. What is mine has not yet come because I don't have that full belief in it that I can have it. Mine hour is not yet come. Because you were, okay, whatever, we're going to stop there today. I'm not going to get into any more because then I'm just going to keep reading. But I think that, that that's super powerful for all of us to have this breaking down in this way because we've, we were meant to believe that the Bible is of literal sense. And I love the breaking down of it being about our consciousness, the water into wine. So again, for anyone that's just joining, our challenge today, I'm going to put it in my story so I don't forget, is something great and amazing happens to me, is happening to me today. For seven straight days, we wake up every day. Maybe I can put that quote on my wallpaper on my phone. So that's another cool thing. Like use your wallpaper on your phone, your background of your phone as like a vision board. I have quotes on there. I have numbers on there. Um, and I have like my own hidden messages on there. So um, it's very powerful because every time you open your phone, you look at it, it's there. Your subconscious sees it. Even if you're not literally reading it, your subconscious sees that. So I'm on my way. Okay. Again. Put it on your alarm. Thank you. That's a good idea. Put it, That's what I need to do. Put it on your alarm on your phone. Something great and amazing happens to me every day. This is for seven days. And let's see what comes of it. Wallpaper. Yes. I did that and it's just like game changer. Feeling is the secret. Cat. Yes. Practice every day for seven days. Every day that you wake up, something great and amazing is going to happen to me. Thank you. Thank you, God. Right? Okay, everybody have an amazing day. If you want to share this, great. If you want to rewatch it, great. Um, but Joseph Murphy is very powerful. There's so many good messages in his books. And again, that was the book, um, what the hell is it called? <laughs> oh, sorry. How to Attract Money by Joseph Murphy. Have an amazing weekend. I will, so I won't be on on Monday of this week. I will be on on Tuesday of this week. And you'll see why. Have an amazing day, morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are. Love you all. Adios.